I'm Aunt Kelly Anakin. And I'm Molly of Mitchell Sanchez. We're here to take birth control and talk about The Handmaid's Tale. And we are all out of birth control. Thanks, Trump. This is Red All Over, you handy Handmaid's Tale recap. Blessed be the fruit. <gasps> finale, baby. Finale. Mm. Blessed be the finale. Yeah. Woo! We had Ugh. a lot of cryings. Now, not as much as I thought that I would, but it broke me. It really broke me. I <laughs> cried a lot yeah. i hadn't really like thought about it i hadn't really tried to predict anything mm-hmm. but i definitely started earlier and cried harder yeah than i necessarily would have thought yeah i think i'm hitting that perfect storm of like tail end of my period i've been crying a lot this week unnecessarily and so i'm like all used up yeah but that's I did. fair it eked it out of me baby <laughs> it got me <laughs> Bruce was like, hey, I think we can wring a few more tears out of this stone. Oh, by the way, Redheads, now we can talk about it. How cool was it we got to interview Bruce Miller? It was so cool. How fucking embarrassing to talk to a man who I've been actively teasing for three years. I loved it. Honestly, my favorite part is that like his rep reached out to us. I know. Like this wasn't even I'm just I'm just yeah. doing a little brag. It's like we didn't even ask. No. Because we assumed it, we like, assumed why, it would be a no. Why would you want to come on our podcast booth? But we're glad you did. So we thank had you so much for such Bruce. a good time. That was such fun. a good time. Also the primary writer of this tier episode. Yes. And Bruce hats the fuck off i hope you get some lovely unstructured Mm self-care time after this bb because you did a great job i agree you know go watch inglorious bastards with your daughter um i love that so much when he was like i think inglorious bastards is a chick flick yeah but so great anyway um yeah but let's do housekeeping housekeeping. because i have many things to say i might cry again shockingly few jokes in this episode uh, we'll find him. <laughs> so as we mentioned, we're a little behind on our Venmo shout outs because y'all have been giving so generously. Thank you so much. So if you don't hear your shout out this time, you will hear it in our next episode, which will be soon. But we are taking a break for a little bit. Basically, just to set everybody's expectations, we're taking like a month ish off. It's going to kind of depend on when we get our hands on the testaments. So spoiler. Hey, guys, surprise. We're covering testaments. We're covering the testaments. So if you haven't already pre-ordered your copy, pre-order your copy, we will get get those out as close to the release date as we can yeah i mean yeah i don't know i mean we're, i'm not i'm not in a particular rush me neither and i would almost prefer because i think people don't consume books the way they consume tv oh like, definitely super fast. not so i'm in favor of like us really doing a good analysis yeah. and then doing it so yeah whenever yeah. we do it we will TBD, cover testaments tbd your shout outs are coming yeah anyhow uh you can donate to us on venmo.com slash red all over and let me get my voice ready to do these shout outs me 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 <laughs> that's me that's not molly that's not her. <laughs> um, i'm i'm vocally warming up for you thank you so people who have donated to us as longtime fan lorian silverleaf silver and gold silver and gold you're a great friend lorian Lisa Odens. Odens, girl, you gave us some money. Thanks. Cece Denno, longtime fan, longtime contributor on our Facebook page. Cece, thanks for sticking with us. It truly means so much to me. Kelly Hagan or Kelly Hagan. You know what? Either way you slice it, Kelly, I think you're a delight. McKenna Rowe, I hope you're having a fantastic day. You look great. You sound great. Gosh darn it, people like you. 
Danielle Tropia. I want to take you to a Tropia Island in the Maldives and just sit with you and read books and drink rosé all day, Danielle. You're great. Aaron Gerns. Well, you just gurned yourself a Venmo shout out, Aaron. I love you. Hillary Wood. Hillary Wood, you donate to us on Venmo. You did. Yay. Love ya. Carrie Walsh. Carrie Walsh is an actor's name. No? Oh, well. Either way, you're a great actor, a benefactor of us, Carrie. We appreciate it. Steph Landgraf. Oh, Steph, Steph, Steph. Have an amazing day or an amazing night if you listen to us to go to sleep. Gina Vela. Thank you for putting the phonetic pronunciation of your name, Gina. You make everybody's day easier and better. And I, Molly Sanchez, love you, Gina Vela. And Sarah McGinnis. Sarah McGinnis. You rock my socks off and if i knew you i would buy you a croissant in the morning and a martini at night those are our venmo shout outs fantastic Just, and you, mm. if you want more uh red all over goodness you can find us on facebook uh you can find kelly on twitter at kelly anakin you can find molly on twitter at serious molly let's get to the recap let's do it season three episode 13 mayday the final countdown mayday oof Ooh, the people at the Mayday podcast must be <laughs> stoked. <laughs> oh, man, if only it would have been nicer, they could have named this episode Red All Over. Oh, <laughs> Justin, there's still time, buddy. It's a sweetheart. Uh, no, I'm saying that Bruce could have named this Red All Over. <laughs> If we were nicer. Oh, man. Well, everybody crossed your And if fingers. the name of our podcast was more closely tied to the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's a give it a take. So what do we make of this title, Mayday? Well, as we know, Mayday is what pilots shout when their planes are going down. Uh-oh. Oh, We know man. June's trying to get 52 kids <laughs> onto that plane. Yeah. Mayday is the name of the resistance organization in Gilead, or was. Right. Because we haven't heard much that's been very specifically Mayday. Like we've yeah. heard more like the Martha network. I don't mm-hmm. know if it's a situation where Mayday is just sort of like the Any general resistance. umbrella and like everybody thinks there's a central figure, but right. actually Mayday lived in you all along. <laughs> it's also the original sort of disambiguation of Mayday to be May AIDS, <laughs> my horrible French pronouncing of help me, uh, which is from the book and the, you know, they, yes. they do it. I'm just bad at pronouncing Holy things. shit. Was this a book? <laughs> I see people Damn. say that in the other Facebook group We should talk time. about it on this podcast. I'm kidding. We actually, we did. If you're looking for more episodes, if you go way, way back, we covered the entire novel. The entire novel. We also have back episodes that talk about, you know, the historical precedents for uh, Handmaid's Tale. We covered a whole other show and several other funny movies. Yeah. Check and it out. the book. We covered Alias Grace, the book and the oh, movie. man. We've yeah. been doing this a long We've time. We've been doing this a long time. Thank you to our day one redheads. We are so blessed <laughs> y'all helped us start strong you kept us going and we're finishing season three real strong real strong and you know who else finished season three real strong uh, the writers and producers of the handmaid's tale yeah good job this was everybody. a great episode yeah so we open with a sound and i can only assume that's the gilead secret slime action uh, oh no because <laughs> i have the same sense of dread uh, <laughs> and we it's so it's lit we had to like actively adjust the brightness on your tv 
and uh, today. it took a minute because at first I was like, is this like, did something go wrong? And like, yeah. we're opening, as you said, in Medias Rest. But then like, there was just something about it. And I was like, oh shit, this is the past. And I was right. You were so right. Which we all know I very enjoy. Um, yeah. Yes. So this is, this is sort oh. of like day zero of handmaidery for June. Oh God. It, it sucks so bad. It was awful. They were in this like warehouse or was it a slaughterhouse? Hard to say. I don't know. But, but it, it is was... the place that we saw before with the Martha's. I believe it's the place okay, we saw okay. before so with it's the Martha's. Like whatever interred. they're like female holding cell oh, is yeah um oh, yeah so june is there there are women running around and screaming we see a bunch of naked women presumably being examined oh, by doctors yes and also we get the answer to everybody every like the course of discourse on other handmaid's tale discussion pages somebody always inevitably asks like what happened to disabled people and they fucking show you what happened to disabled yeah. people they rip a walker out of somebody's hand and push them on the bus yeah yikes so bikes not great we also see the handmaid whose name i always forget but i believe her name is brianna Mm -hmm. great hair Mm -hmm. which we have never seen before Mm -mm. and june is being pushed into one of these cages and she's trying to appeal to this guardian sense of humanity and like he doesn't seem excessively cruel to me because like he could have like hit her with the butt of his gun or something like that yeah. but he's just like no you need to be quiet yeah, just as a quiet sign and the other thing that i noticed right off the bat is that the men who are hurting them from place to place they call them ladies mm-hmm. which is quite different from what we hear the ants call them post indoctrination yeah mm-hmm. so the last there's time yeah they, there's this there's still this layer of humanity <laughs> and dignity <sighs> that remains and you know june is trying to find out you know where is her daughter she wants to know where he's well not him specifically but like where where did the kids go and you know he won't tell her anything they get herded into a train. Is it a train car or a truck? I believe it's a truck. It's all. This is all very. We're like, girls. We don't know vehicles. <laughs> oh my god! Um, this is all very like Holocaust. Choo or vroom vroom. <sighs> Sorry, I am hurting. I need to be funny, otherwise I'll die. Anyway, this is all very reminiscent of like being yes. loaded into boxcars in the Holocaust. There are these metal handles hanging down which like really like reminded me of meat hooks it's awful thank god we've got some pre-red center janine janine gets put into the same car as june and she's screaming i'm gonna sue the fuck out of everybody here i'm gonna buy a beach house and it was just like both her and june like this crazy snapshot of you know their real selves yeah. right their selves well, we haven't seen feisty janune janune <laughs> Fe- i promise that's like that was steven not- universe when they like combine like that's janune <laughs> that was not on purpose we haven't seen feisty janine in a while no well i mean really you know since her punishment in the red center and it's especially like uh, heartbreaking that she is talking about buying a beach house when we yeah. know that the lie to say mm-hmm. that Caleb was still alive was that he's in a beach house somewhere. Oh, shit, dude. What about this? The episode prior to last episode, June essentially sort of pretends someone is alive 
when they're dead because she tells Janine that Caleb is alive okay. when he's dead. And then the next one, she pretends that Bertha was alive, but she's also dead. Okay. It's interesting. Parallel. Whatever. <laughs> All right. Thanks. She's tough. Uh, you know, I mean, cool. All right. <laughs> okay. Just, let's just no, move I just, on. I, I just thought we were talking about this episode. And so then I was confused. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Fucking sue me for doing a full ass analysis. I will because like Janine, I'm very litigious. <laughs> uh, so the next scene is outside of Soul Scrolls. It, what no i just love soul scrolls it's very hard to say yeah it is uh in the book there's a store called boy this is a tongue twister soul scrolls and it's where you can buy like wifely things like little prints which doesn't make no, sense it was, now that i think back no on it, it wasn't it it was to basically buy prayers yeah you so could like buy a prayer and yeah like indulgences and they would like that's print them on was. paper okay, like okay. that's why it was called soul scrolls Anyway, I don't know uh, what they use it for here. Like in the book, Soul Scrolls is a place where you like gossip with the other handmaids yeah. and like pass on messages. And they keep everybody's giving her soap and yeah. Alma. Well, they really like this one in. shampoo from Lush, so they were like, "You've <laughs> got to try this." <laughs> handmaids keep popping up in, by her and dropping uh, soap in her bag. Something interesting is she goes. We have a talent for ruthlessness, or some people have a talent for ruthlessness, and I believe that's a book poll. Victory goes to the hardest heart. Yeah. Oof, that really hit line. me because it's so true. Like, it is. Yeah. Look, if you have become ruthless uh-huh. and you don't have empathy for other people and you have decided that the thing that you want is more important than what everybody else wants, uh-huh. you're always going to win. Yes. You're always yeah. going to win if you've eliminated the quality of mercy from yourself. Like, and anyway, that's just yet another way for me to say the human race is completely fucked (laughs) because there's just always going to be some asshole who's like, "Mm, I'm just going to like kill you. I don't (sighs) believe in your humanity anymore. Yikes. Yikes. So scary. She wonders at this point if this is maybe this whole escape plan is a trap cooked up by the eyes, which Mm -hmm. I thought was interesting. That never occurred to me, but good thinking about it i guess she didn't really alter it yeah she was plans. like yeah, maybe <laughs> eh, whatever we'll see uh, i was like wow the eyes that takes me back ah remember the eyes ah beware the eyes of gilead <laughs> they'll so- put you on a van and beat you within an inch of your life <laughs> I have, a truck. <laughs> I have been rewatching Peaky Blinders and oh. A, it's a delight and B, Sam Neill's Northern Irish accent is just <laughs> so, it's so wonderfully bad, but it's also incredibly accurate. Oh. Yeah. From all those Northern Irish people you know? No, from <laughs> the people who used to listen to my podcast oh. who vehemently corrected me oh, when I made fun of how bad it was. They were like, they were like, well, actually it's quite accurate, you know. Oh, anyway, wow. yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, great. Uh, it's funny. I thought you were talking about The Handmaid's Tale. Oh. Oh, yeah. I can see where you'd be confused. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So she's walking out of the square and Aunt Lydia. Oh, G- oh freaking Janine. Janine, like, dances a jig. She, like, makes it rain soap into her bag, basically. <laughs> like, really, like... <laughs> gratuitously she like does like a little fist pump yeah and and squeals yeah and she's just you know she's excited she got no poker face aunt lydia smells something going on so she kind of well pulls. it's that she wanted that shampoo as well yeah yeah she was like hey i really wanted that one yeah did you get the last soak and float <laughs> i love that 
yeah so aunt lydia pulls her aside and she's like you know these girls look up to you and i was like why yeah i don't get it <laughs> why her <laughs> she has not done a great job of what she thinks she's doing yeah like okay <laughs> remember she kind of like killed off matthew anyway remember when she made all of you get burned on the yeah stove? remember when that happened oh and like remember when that martha died because of you no okay um cool. all right i mean i get him i've stayed in bad relationships <laughs> i've stayed in abusive friendships it's fine um june gives her a real grinchy face and she's like don't worry i won't do any subversive nonsense and uh, and, uh ron howard comes in and is like she did do some subversive <laughs> nonsense. well and aunt lydia says something about you know get back to your duties and I laughed because <laughs> duties. Uh, and then she does. She goes home and Sienna set, she starts unwrapping the soap and Sienna still out of the loop says Beth is barfing. I really didn't know what that was supposed to be. But initially I was like, it. does she get pregnant? That's what I thought, too. We're yeah. so conditioned to any time a woman throws up on TV. We're like, oh, she pregnant. Yeah. Well, and in life, I remember when I used to work in retail, anytime my stomach was upset, people were like, are you pregnant? I know. And I was like, no, there are plenty of reasons a woman would throw up. God, I eat at a food court every day. That is much more likely the source. Blame the great steak and potato company. Jesus. Yeah. I also thought that. But no, Sienna's like, no, she's freaking out. Tell me what's going on. I was studying for the MCAT. I was going to be a radiologist. Let me play with you. Yeah. And I was also like, like radiology, like, I don't know that like. Those are not necessarily transferable skills. Whatever. I want- anyway, but like her point seems to be more like that she's not a child. And right. she is legit one of the youngest Marthas that we've yeah. seen. I, I truly wonder how they decided that she becomes a Martha. I mean, she must have been infertile in some way. But like radiology, like you said, doesn't transfer. Well, but I mean, that's just not that's not what they care about. Is like, really wonky. People yeah. don't become Marthas because they're good at a thing. I know, you know what I mean? It just seems it just seems well it's just there's nothing else to do with her yeah i guess like not. she wasn't colony worthy i guess not yeah yeah they needed bodies i really wanted to turn to sienna at this point and pull a real like do legend of dewey cox and be like no sienna you don't want none of this shit <laughs> get out of here <laughs> but she did want some of that shit uh she gets enlisted into it and whitford comes in and asks her to do some bullshit task and june is like and oh sienna's like no i'm helping of joseph mm-hmm. right she's like i guess yeah and then like you know she fucks off to do whatever then j-law is like what what's going on and then june's like i guess you forgot what a strong woman Ooh. is like and i'm like number one that's rude on bertha rochester may she yeah. rest in peace um. but also uh, that was not i wouldn't call that strong i would call that exploratory <laughs> back chat <laughs> Okay, so she engages in some EB and uh, look, it comes time in every woman's life when you got to engage in some EB. And he says that he's called a meeting Mm -hmm. of a bunch of like the top brass basically to draw Mm -hmm. security away from their neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And June's like, cool, great, whatevs. Although doesn't Beth come in at that point? She when he's still there, point, yeah. he's like green around the gills. Yeah, and yeah. They're like, let's go. Yeah. And so Ooh. what they go do is they go into the library and they start packing escape lunches. And Gilead, you have to make your lunchables from scratch. <laughs> they're in there, you know. They're cutting up bologna slices. So cute. They're making crackers by hand. It's- they're squeezing goo into gushers. It's fantastic. <laughs> 
a detail I noticed later in the episode is that they cut pears into slices. Mm-hmm. So they like really didn't want one shady kid in the plane being like, um, can anybody start my orange? Uh- <laughs> my fingers. I can't start with the orange with my little fingers. My fingies. Oh, God damn it. Fingies. You got us all killed because of your fucking orange. Miss Martha. Shh. My fingies. My fingies can't cut the orange. <laughs> damn it. We should have sliced them. Oh. Why did we give them oranges? They were cutie, Martha. They were cutie. <laughs> to me, it was really striking because we have so much convenience in our lives yeah. today, right? Like we got the Gladware. We got uh-huh. the Ziploc. <laughs> they got nothing. They're filling up those like bottles that you get in a fancy restaurant yeah. for your water. Uh-huh. They're giving each baby a bindle, basically. Yeah, exactly. And they have all these backpacks. I'm like, where'd you get all these backpacks from? That I thought was funny. It was like, Joseph Lawrence was like, oh, yeah. After I raided the art museums, I also went to like an LL Bean. No, <laughs> see, I'm thinking that there's still like an outdoor supply store in Gilead <laughs> called 40 Days and 40 Nights. Uh, ha, ha, nice. Thank you. I thought it was under his REI. Ah! <laughs> Molly Sanchez with the puns. You fucking hire me. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, man. That was a really good one. <laughs> yeah. So they're filling backpacks. We find out what the soap was for. And it was to, like, grease the hinges. That, I don't know if that was. So they used the soap on the windows. But they you see them putting soap. Was that the soap? What the hell else was it? Like, just, like, rendered fat, which is part of what soap is made of. Yeah. But I, think I thought the it soap was. Soap is doing double yeah, duty. Yeah. I don't know. They, they, they only wash one window. <laughs> Well, they're not, they're not washing it. They're just like... No, I think they were washing it so that the light shines through it better. No, they were soaping it so nobody could see it. Okay, fine. They soap the window. They also glop soap onto the hinges. I don't believe that it was soap. I think it is. They purposely showed a shot of them scooping glops of white soap out into a little container. And they took that same fucking container okay. out and glopped it out. I don't want us to fight in front of the kids. <laughs> You're the one who's insisting that it was soap. It was soap. Oh, my God. This will be like the time when I said she fell out of the window all over again. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Uh, Anyway, but that's a good thank you, me, for reminding me to bring this up. (laughs) We've been talking. Do you want me to just go? Yeah, I can just go. I I can go. I got this. We've been talking sort of this whole series about the shots in windows and how each season opens with a shot of a woman in a window or it features prominently a woman in the window. And this, because the window plays such an important part of it's like the signaling. That's such a great bookend to always showing that. I wish there had been a similar mirror bookend. At first, I was like, Beth, you can't take that lamp. It's too bulky. Beth, no. Beth, it's fragile. It's an antique. <laughs> but they place it in the window and they cover it with like a red cloth. Right. This is sort of an, and there are a ton of moments that reference like the Underground Railroad. So right. this is a big one where folks would put a lantern like covered with a certain color cloth right. to indicate like it's safe. It's not yeah. safe. I have to admit, I was delirious because I was so stressed out, which... Mm-hmm. Honestly, careful what you wished for, because this Handmaid's Tale episode was super stressful. We were a mess, but I loved it. Um, I had to hug a pillow. We were, like, gasping. My first thought when she put the scarf on the on the lamp was, is that, um, is that supposed to look like a dummy handmaid in the window? Like, like in Ferris Bueller when yeah, he puts yeah. the, the pillow under the blanket? That's what I thought it was trying to be, but no. The sound effect is just... <laughs> The sound effect is just 
Middle Lord open. The door. <laughs> I'm kidding. Shut it. She's got a Please leave. I'm ovulating. <laughs> Paris Bueller handmade still is so funny to me. Oh, man. <clears throat> oh, shit. I'm like, I see, I want now like the Ferris Bueller trailer, like the audio over scenes from the handmaid's tale there's a lot of great like, like you know what i mean because like nick can be charlie sheen sure. and like <laughs> okay the commander is definitely the prince of oh absolutely <laughs> offred is ferris bueller yes okay uh, here we go here is we go. rita cam who's cameron I feel, look, I feel like there's a lot of people okay. whose day would have gone a lot better had June not gotten involved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, no. And then she's in the garden. It's when she's soaping or greasing, <laughs> greasing or soaping, and she sees a Martha and a daughter Oof. in the woods, and it's light out. Nobody's supposed to be there yet. Typical. Someone always comes, like, way too early oh so annoying i hate when that happens well and then they're like oh can i help i'm like ah like i was in a groove yeah like, so no i have to shower and then just you're i here. guess i'll start the party playlist while you awkwardly sit in a room with like Ugh. chips but no dip because i'm making the dip it's the worst redheads if you get nothing about this podcast the start time of the party is when you leave your house to go to the party yeah That's absolutely light yeah okay Ugh. Ugh. This may be a dystopia, but manners are timeless. Manners are timeless. And what I found interesting about this interaction is the Martha asks, she asks something like, is this a Mayday thing? Yeah. And June really considers it. Is this a Mayday joint? Yeah. <laughs> and cool, she, cool, cool. Who put on this party? Oh, yeah. The invite didn't say. Mm. The invite said Eventbrite, which doesn't make sense. Yeah. This um, is like a murder mystery thing, right? Yeah, yeah. So she lies and says it is. But what is so fucking fantastic about this now that we know the end of the episode if june had been like no this is just kind of a free balling thing i'm doing that little girl whose dad was right there uh-huh. be stuck in gilead yeah. that is giving me chills oh my god yeah i mean what i took away from it is that lying on your resume is fine because <laughs> nobody's gonna check <laughs> in a dystopia no one can check your references <laughs> So they're like, all right, guess we'll work with this. The next shot is at the exterior of the Ace Hotel in Toronto, (laughs) which is what we're calling the detention center. Serena is hanging out and Tuello brings her her first Starbucks. I hope that it was the blonde roast because, frankly, I find their other roasts to be a little bit burnt. Yeah, I like the Italian roast, but all in all, I'm a Phil's girl. He's like, we're going to do an intelligence debrief. You have to give your first testament. Mm-hmm. Uh, title of the next book. I thought he said testimony. He might have. I think he said written testimony. All right. Because the thing that I got out of it, it was a, like, oh, man, like she hasn't written anything oh, yeah, since yeah, 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 yeah. all girls newspaper time. Okay, fair. And he kind of sets up the premise that this is just a temporary stop on the journey of her life. Like she's going to get out of here next week. You know, she's not going to be held accountable for any of this, she's she traded. also now going to get 
a badge that yeah. allows her to move freely and start like exploring Toronto and yeah. finding a place that she might want to live. Go to any of those pizza places yeah. the redheads told us Absolutely. about. Absolutely. I'm, I kind of want to just do like a pizza tour of Toronto okay. now. Okay. Donate to Venmo. Yeah. We'll do it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Toronto redheads, uh, finance our trip to Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Just kidding. I'll go um, there under my own steam. I love Toronto. He is like, you, you, I don't know. You, you gave up something and she's like, no, I, Oh, I traded my rights for my daughter. Yeah. He uh, said something about the fact that she gave up her rights, something, yeah. something, something. And then she's like, I traded them for my daughter. I'm like, yeah, that was a shitty bargain because yeah. like you barely get to hang out with that baby. Yeah. And all of this is to set up sort of a base reality from where we can quickly diverge yeah. <laughs> uh, at the end of the episode. Um, nope. Nope. Everything works out fine. He really, to use a term I coined last time, he really mice and meant her. Without, without realizing well, it. Well, no. I mean, he really... You know, we've been having some conversation on the Facebook group on whether there's sexual tension or not. I mean, duh, there is. Duh. But, you know, this scene really, to me, was like, he's really rooting for her. Yeah. And that, I think, has been true of Treason and Coconuts since they first met in that hotel bar, where he was just like, you're so smart. We could get you out of there. You could be, like, you know, the key to bringing Gilead down. And he recognizes the unique gifts that she has. So he is, I think, genuinely excited that she's going to get to start moving on with her life. And I just got to say, like, Yvonne Strahovski's performance Mm. is such a banger. Mm. It's so incredibly subtle and good. And in this scene in particular, really struck me. (sighs) And I feel like we've seen less of her this season Mm -hmm. somehow. I don't know. I agree. I love her. But God, it's so good. Yeah. I feel like we have gushed more about her in past seasons, but it's just stunning. Man, I could gush about her all day. I think she's fantastic. The next scene takes place in the Lawrence basement where June is sort of cleaning the foot blisters of this little BB girl. This is the first time I cried. Oh, man. It hurts my heart. It was beautifully written. She's kind of trying to get get her out of her shell a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, she's understandably very scared and confused. Yeah. And well, she starts kind of just asking some questions. I'm trying to remember how this goes. Well, she's from Lexington, but like the little girl wants to know where they're going basically and what it's like out. And June is just like, it's like it was before. And the little girl's like, I don't remember from before. (laughs) And... It's and just June heartbreaking. Like, Betcha on land. They understand that they don't reprimand their daughter. Also, Betcha he reads. <laughs> Betcha she sews. Betcha Maybe. they've made you a closet of clothes you can wear anytime you want. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I love Annie so much. That was Annie. There's yeah. a freebie for whoever. Molly's was the little mermaid in case. Yeah. You don't know that. Yeah. Anyway. I feel like we were all indoctrinated. So we know what the yeah. woman it is. So I all, I thought that was interesting. She's kind of like painting this life for her. And then the baby whose name I couldn't quite hear. I think it. I heard Kiki. I heard maybe Katie. But so I will see. Again, okay. we have no subtitles. If we call her Kiki and her name is Kate, it's us giving her an affectionate Yes, nickname. absolutely. So Kiki Please it is. Don't add us. Also, I used to babysit a girl named Kiki. So that makes me extra sad. 
Kiki, I love you. Don't listen to this. That's um, what I like to call Kirsten Dunst. Oh, nice. Kiki Dunst. When you hang out? Yeah, we hang um, out all the time. So Kiki says something that rips my heart into shreds. You know, after hearing all of these things that's going to happen to her, she goes, will God still love me? <gasps> oh, my God. Yeah. We were both just two oh. Alex Mack style puddles on the floor. And this has come after June is like, you won't have to be a oh. wife. You won't have to be a mother. Cause the girl then asks, well, then what will I be? Like she has been given no other options. Oh my Lord. Which I, is oh. a callback to another episode of the handmaid's tale where June was talking to the daughter right. who was getting her monarchy investigated boy and just you know it's that same thing where like this is all these girls have been told yeah oh my gosh it wrecks my life um good job so june june gives her a lunchable (laughs) and you know what she ignores the cardinal rule which is don't eat your road snacks before you're on the road oh my god it's so important how many times like if you think you might then buy extra road snacks buy extra buy extra snacks Uh. so then uh old jittery ass martha comes down and she's like kiki you know what never mind we're gonna go and june's like you like literally can't we we can't do anything so she so we know that she had drugged her mistress and then she gets cold feet she keeps saying like oh my mistress is forgiving and she's kind she'll understand and i'm like "Mm, doubtful Although, yeah. given, you know, Mrs. McKenzie certainly had a long fuse before she finally yanked <sighs> Hannah out of there. Yikes. They're trying to talk him down. And then June goes and gets the gun and comes back down with it and is basically like holding the Martha at gunpoint. And then she rests Kiki away from her. But then the Martha takes off and June fails to shoot her. So I guess you're not as ruthless as you thought. Yeah. More but- like Marthless. <laughs> <laughs> but then Kiki is behind her and June swivels around and puts the gun in this poor little baby's face. Mm-hmm. Oh, Can man. we talk about the face acting? Uh, this, I mean, yes. it's won't uh, be because there's no dialogue, but like this was to me Emos's finest face acting in that I could not yes. understand yes. the things she was doing with her face. She was doing like, you know, this is going to sound dumb, but I promise I have a point. You know that part in Finding Nemo where the shark smells blood and its eyes go from cute to like completely black? Yes. That happened to Elizabeth Moss yes. in this instant. But then also just like the way that her mouth, yeah. it was like her mouth and her eyes didn't match. It was fucking crazy make an oscar vehicle for ema she's got the chops she's got the gumption she keeps taking projects she will not take our bubble bath spec script so (laughs) get her in an oscar movie she's gonna fucking slay um yeah that was a hard part that was really hard (laughs) i was really scared this whole episode if i haven't said it already was a banger it was so good i'm gonna be sort of facetious at this point and look a gift great episode in the mouth but man i wish they were all like this. no i know and even if they aren't like it's it's not quite sustainable from a storytelling perspective no, to have fine. it be this stressful all the time no, that's but fine. again would gladly have sacrificed three episodes in the yeah. middle of this season. I think that because you know, it's like that much slack that needs to get pulled in. Yeah. To play armchair showrunner here for a second. I do think that like way shorter 
season is the key here because mm-hmm. season one was really good and really like felt brisk and we had some breather episodes but it was mostly like go yeah, go I mean, go go look, go something horrible happened every episode <laughs> like if it's the handmaid's tale and something absolutely <laughs> horrible isn't happening every yeah. week like it's <clears throat> like it's like the superman toy in seinfeld but you know abject horror <laughs> um but great job so the next scene takes place in the dining room at Chez Panisse. With the gun. With the gun, a beautiful above <laughs> shot. Professor Plum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is very cluey. Whitford comes in and he goes, the most daddiest thing ever. He goes, busy morning. Uh-huh. Bud. <laughs> <sighs> and she's like, you're supposed to be at a meeting. Full Grinch offered. I would say it's stabby. Stabby. I think she's just stabby she's forever. transcended from Grinch yeah. to stabby. Okay, stabby June. The Grinch didn't have a weapon. You're right. Except for the they, hate in his heart. Thank God the Grinch didn't have a weapon. <laughs> oh my I would God. Be very scared if we armed the Grinch. Yeah. Like, <laughs> all the noise, noise, noise. Oh um, she's like, you got to go back there. Come on. What are you doing? And he's like, I'm pulling the plug. You can't yeah. do this. We're going to take that girl home. We're going to explain it. We'll figure the it out. The Martha who escaped yeah. was apprehended. So security in the neighborhood is going to not be as light as they had hoped. And right. so he's trying to shut it down. Emos is like, this can't all be for nothing, which I think flies in the face of one of your biggest testimonies. No, I mean, which- he basically says to her what I said whenever we had this conversation last, but just like the universe yeah. doesn't have a balance sheet. And the idea that things need to make sense or that we need to make them make sense. Mm-hmm. There are there are differing philosophies on this. Yeah. I don't think that we have free will. Okay. So bleh, if there's a balance sheet, it was set long ago. Oh, interesting. Uh, yeah. I'm like, if you ever hang out with me in person, I will draw for you on a cocktail napkin. My theory of free will. Ooh. Anyway, this is clearly something like June remains not super sane. Right. And I really appreciated somebody on, I think, Twitter was saying, I think it was um, Gene Hostbot who talks oh. to us a lot on Twitter was talking about how June's like kind of psychopathy that's coming out kind of is indistinguishable from like venerated saints where it's like you and i'm sorry if i've misattributed who that was but basically like if you look at saint like saints are like you know they're like jesus rules everything around me and if they like gain acolytes and that kind of thing but it's like through sheer force of will Mm. and it is a certain kind of ruthlessness it is as it is for june here like it's aimed at a greater good Mm -hmm. Yeah. At least in theory. Mm-hmm. I mean, one person's greater good is another person's <laughs> Gilead. Right. So you can agree with June or you cannot agree with him. I just think that it's very interesting that she and Whitford are so in conflict on this. Yeah. And particularly, I mean, Whitford is somebody who went to great lengths to attempt to, quote unquote, balance right. things out. Right. Yeah, that's so excellent. Excellent. So he's also speaking from this place of like, I tried to fix things. Right. It didn't work. Uh-huh. The lesson is never try. <laughs> <laughs> that's an excellent point because he tried, you know, as one of the architects of Gilead to, to set it right. Absolutely. Is that what you're yeah. yeah. And I mean, and for the world, I mean, we've seen that he's mm. not a true believer right. in the faith aspects of Gilead. Mm. But he did think that it was necessary to do this to save humanity. Oof. And when she's having remorse for putting the gun in Kiki's face, like she's like, I put a gun in in a little girl's face. Hannah's 10. 
That sucks. I was getting, and maybe it's just because Toni Morrison just died, but like major like beloved flashbacks, mm. like, oh shit. Sometimes, um, well, that, <laughs> uh, I don't want to spoil this old book for you, uh, but that is a book that also deals with themes of like, how do you mother under duress and is it safer to to protect your kids a certain way yeah also like be real careful uh because ghosts yes oh man but also because ghosts because question mark (laughs) i think ghosts for sure oh yeah listen if i'm reading a book i always want it to be ghosts me too me too me too too. in life less so no never i never want it to be ghosts in real life (laughs) ghosts if you're listening i respect you no thank you do not pass ghosts So this is funny because Whitford's like, come on, give me the gun. And, and she doesn't. And he's like, young lady. And oh what my I think God. is funny about this line reading is he kind of laughs as he's doing it I a didn't little think bit. He la- I thought it was I an exasperated so. sigh. But I think it's like him realizing how ridiculous it is to say that because we know he's like a smarmy, jokey guy. So like he has to realize how yeah, dumb that I sounds. Didn't, I didn't think that he was because she literally has a gun. I know, but I think it's and like, she could literally end him. I, I think that's I think that's what that meant. But uh, we have different we have different views. Well, I mean, also, you know, um, we'll just wait for the subtitles that we never look at. <laughs> I don't know. I forget if I said this already on the podcast, but like my Hulu is always like, start the Handmaid's Tale, episode one, like, season finished. one. And I was just like, bitch, I've done seen all of it. <laughs> I've seen things you don't even have. Them. I don't know why I'm like Randy Macho Man Savage when I talk that's to Hulu, but that's fair. Hang on, I'm just gonna snap into a Slim Jim just like real quick. So June pulls a real I am the captain now and very sort of, I am the one who knocks. Yeah. I mean, look, at the very least, she's not wearing that ratty ass sweatshirt, <laughs> and for this I am grateful. The next scene takes place somebody standing in another window, but it's the Ace Hotel. And it's Fred spilling the tea on Gilead. Mm-hmm. He seems to be singing like a canary. It's unclear to me, though. We don't get enough of like what he's saying. No. To be like, okay, like, is he just giving them sort of like surface level administrative information? It seems like it, he's talking that- about like all of these like different like councils and yeah. like how many people are on them and how are they, you know, how do they like the officers and who has yeah. to bring snacks? <laughs> I think the important part that we're supposed to get from this is that he sidesteps guilt because they ask him if he's in charge mm-hmm. and he kind of like takes a beat and is like, no, I kept the wolves at bay. Chivalry dick. Um, okay. Oh my god, what an idiot. What What an idiot. idiot. I hate you, Fred. So then uh, Tuello enters. Everybody leaves. Fred, it was like, honestly, you could just set your watch by this. It's like, all right, and he's going to make a creepy comment in three, two. Mrs. Murray is smart. He looks busted by the way. So like great job to the, you know, hair and makeup department. And I think I could be wrong. I feel like Fred has been like losing weight steadily this whole season. I could be, he just looks extremely gaunt to me. Yeah. Like he's a slim guy, Mm -hmm. but I just, I feel like even before he was in prison, like, and we know, you know, as we know, there are no accidents on this show. I just feel like his suits have been, Really not tailored well. Right. And we know that Bronfman, the 
costume designer does sometimes intentionally make people's clothes bigger or smaller mm-hmm. to convey things. So that could possibly be It's too- possible, but he just... He looks kind of wild-eyed and just, you know, he looks like he hasn't been sleeping or eating. Which is a shame because, as we know, the Ace Hotel Detention Center has turned down service and, like, whiskey and Honestly, like, their avocado toast, Mm. delish. Uh, So, yes, that is weird that he's, like, looking sickly. It's on purpose, I believe. Oh, it's it's definitely on purpose, but I think it's been sort of a gradual thing. Yeah, I agree. Because, I mean, he was in distress at the beginning of the season because Serena had left him. Yeah. So, Tuella comes in in, I don't know if it was, our copy was weirdly colored, but to me, it looked like he was wearing a purple, like, Willy Wonka blazer. It did look like that. He looked nice. Talk about Professor Plum. (laughs) He comes to talk to- Stick in my thumb. Pull out a plum. (laughs) What a good boy are you. Pretty good. Um, Pretty good. Fred's gonna rat out Serena, and Tuella's like, you can't rat her out. She didn't do anything, and he's like, she did do something. Yeah, basically he says that she violated the laws of man and God, and I was like, what are you even what talking you, about? Yeah, we were literally, like, asking each other, we're like, what do you think but he's talking about? Who called it? You? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I was like, uh. Who I else is here? I know. <laughs> you know. Who called it? Ron Sperm Woman. <laughs> He's an accountant in Poughkeepsie, and he called it. Ron, shout out to you. Ron Sperlman. Thank you for your generous Venmo donation and accurate prediction of what Fred was going to write. I called it, motherfucker. I called it. I want to know your name was Ron. (laughs) Uh, We're punching. So so my knee jerk was to say Ron Perlman, but then I remembered that's a real person. That is a real person. (laughs) I'm not always good at improv <laughs> perlman's a person <laughs> so uh-oh we were worried about what that could be the next scene mm. is in the lawrence house and they're looking at the map now something we glossed over before is that he's saying the roads are closed that was like the big thing of like not only is there more security mm-hmm. they're also closing a bunch of roads and so she told him to get a map he got her a map they're looking at that map yeah. now we're caught up did we miss when she put the gun in her boot yes uh Sorry. cool just real quick note to bronfman if you're <laughs> listening would love a pair of those boots, size seven, giant calves. <laughs> like, honestly, DM me and I'll send you the measurement. Um, nice. Yeah, it's real hard to fit me for boots. Um, <laughs> I bet. So at this point, the note that I wrote is my mouth is dry and my heart is racing. And this is like one of uh, like uh, these last couple episodes have been the first times I've been like bodily stressed yeah. in this show all season. Mm-hmm. So hats off i have an ulcer now <laughs> but i'm proud to have it well, i'm glad we ate that tomato before we watched the episode because that acid is very irritating yeah, for an yeah, ulcer yeah, yeah. well and sienna's the one who comes up with the route mm, basically because mm-hmm. i yeah so sienna's like oh we can just follow the creek mm-hmm. and it goes like straight through the woods like they'll have cover so yeah. we're like okay sienna uh you know what I bet you would have passed that MCAT. That's right. I think you might have. Most of the MCAT is finding streams, as we all know. Uh, I thought it was mostly about cats. Oh, okay. I would pass that one. Yeah, I thought it was just... Actually, I thought it was just Cats, the musical. Oh, man. And the M is like how like an old French novels would be like M... Uh, I see. You know, M dot Mm -hmm. F blank. Yes. You're like, what what real person are you writing about, Victor Hugo? (laughs) So now all the people start coming and I wrote, holy fuck, holy fuck, holy fuck. Like it's happening. We were losing our shit. Oh, man. It's just, you know, 
Martha <laughs> after Martha after kid after know, kid, and they're I all know, coming in and they're helping them in and getting them inside. I'm getting like a real summer camp vibe. From and all of this. yeah, and then we had um, June and some of the Marthas mm-hmm. go and tie white strips of cloth uh-huh. on trees to like mark yep. the way to go. The little path, yeah. And they come back. Was Rita out there with her? Yes. Yeah, because Rita, Rita come- showed up with a baby. This is great, what she and says. the Martha who brought like basically the the Martha with the baby killed her commander and his wife to get the baby out. Yikes. Yeah. And you know, so it's a real, we got to boogie y'all. We got to get going. (laughs) But they come back and like the door is kind of cracked open. So we were like wigging the fuck out. They like, aren't seeing anybody. It's very eerily. It's eerily quiet for a house full of 52 kids. Yeah. And it was very like, battle of winterfell where it's like it's so dark yeah i can't see anything and, and it makes so me it was scared. like did whitford fuck something up yeah. like did somebody come in walker? and find them yeah exactly mm-hmm. and they come in oh oh and oh. first of all somebody i think it was beth was like this is way more than 52 kids oh really yeah like somebody said that oh and whitford is reading treasure island yeah i mean i would have gone with something a little more woman forward but um (laughs) little anna green gables oh yeah yeah at any rate i mean they're going to canada they need to learn the culture (laughs) but he's reading to them this beautiful description of sighting land and the children are just so wrapped because i'm Uh sure all they've ever heard are like bible stories and truly, Treasure Island is a book about a like young boy going out into the unknown mm-hmm. to find his fortune. So if that's not what all these kids are doing, I don't know what. And the black spot. And the black spot. And cabin fever, most importantly. <laughs> and Jim, Jim, Jimmy, Jim, Jim. <laughs> it's true, redheads. I've not read the book. I've only seen the Muppet version. God. I assume they're the same. I swear, I S to G. I hope that this is Treasure Island that they're quoting. It is. He said silver I know. many, many times. I'm just like preemptively clenching for all of the redheads to be like, actually, that was Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> it Fuck wasn't you. Pride I would know Prejudice. what Pride and Prejudice was. Actually, he was quoting from the novelization of the Disney movie Treasure Planet. Oh, man. Don't like that movie. <laughs> I never uh, saw it. Oh, by the way, if you've gotten to this point and are still thinking about this, yes, I know the song they were singing at the Praise B&B was in Latin. You would think I wouldn't have to say this, but we've had several people weeks later emailing me. Thank you very much. You're very smart. We need to move on. I appreciate your listenership, but I'm tired. All right. So, so that I was think, so um, cute when they came when he was reading to them. It I was think, a, though, we skipped oh. when they came for Serena. Nope, but I don't think. Yes, we did. Yeah, we did because yes, we did. I wrote a dumb joke. Okay. Um, okay. So all of this happened. Basically, just it's like this moment of, for once, a calm before the storm. Oh, and you know that eye imagery you've been talking about all season? Yeah. This is more eye imagery, and Whitford is the pupil. Whoa. Nice. I finally figured it out. Good job. But yeah. backtracking to yeah, that backtracking. So Serena's hanging out with Nicole now. What did you? What was your initial thought of this scene before anybody started talking? Did you have any? No, I was just like, oh, she's just hanging out with a baby. So my thing was for a brief, scary minute, I was like, oh, 
She used her pass. She got out. She stole oh, Nicole. No, I I didn't think that at okay, all. Okay. I feel like she's played by the book so far, okay. and she knows that like she can't get away with Nicole. Like, where's she right. gonna go? Yeah, I don't. I don't know. But okay. So anyway, so she's having a good time with that cute baby actor. Uh, but then treason and coconuts rolls up and he's like, uh, yeah, you got to get away from that baby. You're under arrest. He starts going through the spiel basically for crimes against humanity, including rape. And she's like, no, that was a religious ritual that was mandated by the state. He's like, I'm not talking about what you did with your husband. Uh, but he says the rape of June Osborne specifically. And I was like, but he says that, forcing june to have sex with nick in order to get pregnant was rape and it was i think we talked about it at the time and serena's protesting and saying no no no, they had a relationship no she doesn't say they had a relationship so tuello says you're the rape of june osborne and sj says offred and nick had a relationship <gasps> Shit, are you kidding me nope. i wrote oh my it down God. specifically what a bitch Fucked up to the last what a bitch. She knows her name. Well, because then she's called her her name. She yeah. said Offred, and oh god. Because then Nick comes in with his guitar and he starts playing that ah. Sublime song, and he's like, "They had a relationship." <laughs> no, he doesn't. He's notably absent. But <laughs> now, to me, this is kind of toothless. June made that tape for Luke that where she says Hannah was conceived of love. I was in love with Nick. Okay. Now, yes. It's under duress. Consent is wonky if you're going to get killed if you don't have sex with someone. It is. I bet you anything they're going to that tape is going to come into play in the next season. It's possible, but for the same reasons that Serena is shielded from being complicit mm-hmm. in Fred's crimes, mm-hmm. I don't think even that tape right could be held up as proof okay that that Serena wasn't complicit in her own crimes. Okay, that's fair. Like, think of it this way. Like, if if there was a trial for statutory rape mm-hmm. and you call to the stand, like, the 15-year-old witness mm-hmm. and she's insisting over and over again mm-hmm. that it was consensual mm-hmm. and that they were in love. Like, she, that's still, still not... under duress. Exactly. And, still, and it's like, mm-hmm. she's still underage okay. and wasn't able legally to sense. give consent. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. So, I hear what you're saying. It would be... A, definitely come up yeah it's from come up a defense team but it's also like no that makes sense you know i just need to air it out yeah so that happened and that is a season wrap on the waterfords yep we bye. do not see them again nope i mean lucky for the, i mean the ace hotel is really nice serena yeah, like you're gonna be fine like honestly it's nicer than even like the lawrence's house to a degree because yeah. like you know it's dusty because those marthas are not cleaning mm-hmm. <laughs> um <laughs> So now is the Treasure Island scene, which we already talked about. So they get confirmation <gasps> that I forget. Oh, Janine. Janine has the, the intel that the mistress woke up and she reported Kiki missing. This is where Bess says, must have been some bad Rohypnol. And I was like, damn. Wow. Like, I'm not saying they shouldn't have used Rohypnol on this woman who is a bad person. But I was just like, it's Yikes. just so jarring. To hear about women using Rohypnol on another woman. Oh, man. You know? I didn't think about that. That is terrifying. Yeah. So anyway, uh, that does indeed suck for them because now they are dealing with a lot more problems. So basically, June is just like, all right, we have to go right now. 
Everybody has to leave. And so she says to use both doors. The Marthas are hustling the kids out. These kids are so well behaved. But then I was like, oh, wait, they grew up in Gilead. So, yeah, they're going to be obedient as fuck. (laughs) Yeah. She's like, everybody find their moving buddy. Yeah. Uh, Stay with the program mates. Uh, Figure it out. And so they're all getting escorted into the woods. And then Mm -hmm. we have what is presumably I mean, I don't know. We did not have the body count in this episode Mm-hmm. that many of us were expecting yeah, so i guess j-law could come back yeah but it feels there's a very final seeming goodbye scene Ooh, yeah. between whitford and june yeah. and june is basically like you could come with us mm-hmm. i think mrs lawrence uh would want you to come and mm-hmm. he says no she would want him to stay and clean up his mess that makes sense and i'm like all right yeah take you know honestly like he doesn't deserve a reprieve yeah, you know what I, I mean? Agree. I agree. Like any more than Serena does, any more than Fred does. He does not deserve yeah. to escape yeah. whatever the world has in store to punish yeah, Gilead. I agree. Oh, you know, we get a little. This was the only dialogue that I was just like, oh, fucking okay. Mm. But he's like, you said you weren't going to be any trouble. Aww. And she's like, I lied. I and liked it. I just I was like, yeah, dude. Like, you know, you could have brought this up many episodes ago. Uh, she's been so much trouble fun you know he like went in the bathroom and like put his entire mouth around a bottle of scotch and like like shotgunned it (sighs) sounds like fun (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna do it later so they're going into the woods and it's so spooky like i think none of my notes are coherent no i basically I was just so scared it's we were not clutching I, our faces it's not that fear. i completely stopped taking notes but i barely took any notes like yeah. once they left it was so stressful oh man it was so, so they're stressful. they're in the woods there are a lot of like guardian suvs mm-hmm, rolling around mm-hmm. shining bright lights into the woods and they all basically have to drop <sighs> to the ground as one Oof. there's a baby they didn't drug the baby that makes me very nervous no as discussed you gotta drug the baby or have a binky yeah or both honestly yeah yeah, you can um, give them both. Lord. So they're so. they're all just, you know, they're inching their way through. Now, from a, a narrative economy point, we did not spend a ton of time in the woods, yeah. which made me very happy because, frankly, I really hated Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. Ooh. Like, <laughs> get the fuck out of here with your long, pointless camping trip. I disagree. I love that part. Um, <laughs> but yes, they go pretty quickly through the woods. There, my next note is how they cross the street. Yeah, how did they cross the street? Uh, I guess we find out. They keep like again major underground railroad mm-hmm. vibes with like flashlights going over them. By the way, sidebar: How stoked are you for that Harriet Tubman movie? It looks awesome. I'm extremely stoked. Oh, anyway. I am very very stoked. So they're going through the woods they get to ostensibly the outside of the airport i was also getting very serious great escape vibes i know me too i was Such they were great packing. escape vibes aka the official movie of father's day that's yes <laughs> so anyway so they get to the the perimeter of the woods june kind of gets in the front i re- i breathed such relief when i saw the fence and the plane but then I a didn't. guardian rolled through mm. in his giant ass gross hummer one of the vroom vrooms yeah one of the vroom vrooms pulls up the vroom vroom pulls up but the the fly fly is behind a fence (laughs) oh no how they get to fly fly (laughs) so dude is dude is 
just like smoking a cigarette yep. and, you know, doing his job. And so June, June tells them to take them kind of like up and away and around. Mm-hmm. And they're like, they're going to see us. And June goes, I won't let them. Ugh. So we're both freaking out, even though we've been kind of rooting for her to get killed the uh, whole season I know. this show calls my bluff so much when i'm talking about this show in like the abstract i'm like yeah fuck it i hate this show kill everybody i don't care but when i'm watching i'm like no no and i'm like no she's gonna no. get me to look and you're cool and hannah it's gonna so but again this is called my bluff what is so beautiful and brilliant about this episode <laughs> is that a, it does what the show does really well, which is take these like huge horrific things and break it down on a really human scale. Mm-hmm. They do this mm-hmm. with so many of the characters. I mean, even with the like the what little time we spend with the refugees in Canada Oof. and Fred and Serena, like it's extremely visceral. Yeah. And I'll flag this a little bit more later in the episode, but like there's this sort of like dreamy impressionistic yeah surreality to the book yeah where june to me always feels sort of removed from reality and i got that in a really strong way at a lot of points in this episode so it's just it's it's less tactical and it's Mm -hmm. more emotional Mm -hmm. yeah anyway it was great it was excellent it was really great so your heart sinks as june is like gonna do a distraction and so she gives she she tells kiki like sorry about what went down earlier and kiki's like no so sometimes you have to do what you have to do yeah so clearly she was taken from the home of somebody in big little lies (laughs) where all the children are wise I will get that joke in three months when I finally watch that show. Um, so the kids leave and she hugs Rita and she tells Rita to take care of Kiki. Well, and she just says, get, you know, get them out oh, safely. Man. And I Rita, saying, Rita, oh, man, I'm sorry. I'm just like emotionally. It's afflicted okay. By and this. Rita said, I promise. Now, I thought combined with oh, her I saying know. she was proud and I promise. I'm like, praise, proud, promise. Rita's gone. Oh my god. Rita's gosh. done. Yeah. I so, so June is is walking over closer to where this guardian is and she picks up this giant rock. Yep. She basically I loved this moment so Me much. Too. She picks Me up too. this rock and she just sort of like holds it to her head. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And I think she's like praying. Yeah. Is what it looked like to me. And she said many times, because she's very in this like I'm a charismatic leader, like blah blah mm-hmm. blah 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 thing. Like not explicitly, but it's like you can right. just see it. Like I'm like, oh, okay. You've drank into your own Kool-Aid. Uh, You're high on your own supply. Yeah. But she's really seems like she's trying to like imbue this yeah. rock with some sort of like holy yeah. destiny. Yeah. And then. Okay. So we were alternately like squealing with just like joy and delight, but then also being like, who's watching the kids? Yeah. We were as about that. <laughs> a whole. It, was it all handmaids or were there Marthas in there as well? I feel like I saw a Martha come in. Yeah. But it was so dark. <laughs> Because Sienna was there. I thought Sienna, Sienna was there. Sienna, and I think Beth I think is there. Sienna died. I think she did too. Um, and S- Beth definitely died. Yeah. So they all so come they back. All and they all start just chucking rocks at this dude. Reminiscent of a participation, mm-hmm. which Absolutely. is how we ended season one. one with think. them refusing to do a participation. Yep. So that the, se- the series began with them throwing down rocks and refusing to do it. Mm-hmm. And it this season ends 
with them throwing it at the guards. Yeah, and it's very like Hunger Games, like remember who the real yeah, enemy is. Yeah. With regard to participation. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. And you mentioned this. I thought that was interesting when we were talking about the very, very end is that you think that they probably wrote this in case they didn't get any more episodes. Basically, I felt because it took such a long time for the renewal announcement mm-hmm, to happen. Mm-hmm. Basically, it wasn't a done deal because right. in the previous season, yeah, the previous two seasons, the announcement of a next season mm-hmm. was made like on the day of the right. premiere, right? Uh-huh. And we were waiting until what, like episode eleven? Yeah, I think until time. it got confirmed. So. Yeah. This definitely could have functioned as a series finale that would have been pretty satisfactory. Yeah. Like there are, there are things that are remaining unresolved, but that is okay. Yeah. Uh, That is the way of the book. Yeah. And actually now that I think about it, we're not there yet, but like the very end of this episode is very similar to the end of the book where Mm -hmm. it's like, you know. I don't See, know if I'm going into the light. I don't know if I'm going into the dark. Oh, that's but, a good point. you know, I go forward. I love that. We're not quite there yet, but I love Spoiler that. Spoiler alert for the end of the episode. <laughs> Some people listen to this before. So. Yeah, I mean, my notes completely fell apart. One thing I wanted to say before we moved on is I was struck when they were traveling that June's, like, white hat is, like, so visible mm-hmm. in the dark. And then I thought, I was like, God damn it. You all own all black handmade Tale outfits. Yeah. Why don't you wear those, you <laughs> dummies? I mean, unless she's like leading them and her being visible is important. I, I would buy that if all of the other handmaids weren't also wearing glaring okay. white. Fair. <laughs> totally fair. <laughs> they're there and they're throwing the rocks. They like bust the windows oh. in the Hummer. He's like scrambling and very confused. Mm. He finally gets his machine gun. He's shooting. We Ooh. think he hit Sienna. Yeah. So you think Beth definitely died? I couldn't see the faces it's, very well. I think so. it's on purpose obscured. Okay. I feel like I saw someone go down and my heart hurt. So probably yeah, yeah, yeah. Beth or Sienna. Okay. Some people, there's some casualties. They're all on the ground. He finally like stops shooting. And June then decides, okay, she's going to be the decoy and the distraction. Yeah. And so she gets up and she exposes herself and then she starts (laughs) she steps out of the foliage she doesn't expose herself well yeah (laughs) get your mind out of the gutter okay this is the handmade some people listen to this before they watch the episode so they'll be like oh shit she flashed some well we did think it might be a deadwood situation yeah i would have been okay with (laughs) she comes out with tits a blazing yeah but man that's a good part yeah so anyway she gets his attention and starts running through the woods Mm -hmm. and this i thought was so reminiscent of her running through the woods with hannah i wrote the same thing and because there was in 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 particular there was like this like raised area that Mm -hmm. really was like when they like jumped down that sort of like gully Mm -hmm. i agree with you yeah yes he shoots her in the back yeah so she's definitely hit now this is another like this scene is probably like shot for shot when she gets hit down in the initial Hannah capturing scene. Uh-huh. But this time Junie's got a gun. Absolutely. She's approaching her and she turns around and shoots him. She really dear sisters him <laughs> in this one. <laughs> so uh. he falls and she gets the upper hand. Mm-hmm. She's got him at gunpoint and she mm-hmm. manages to talk him into checking in on the radio and reporting that everything is okay she tells him to give the all clear he gives the numerical code and she's like "Uh uh-uh like you gotta say say the words i understand 
And so he does. And she says, thank you. And it's, this is like one of the scariest Junes. It's like retail voice June, but with like stabby eyes. Yeah. And you know, uh, retail. <laughs> they, uh, they waited the perfect, like exquisite amount of time. Yes. I knew she was going to shoot him, Me too. but I was like, how long are you going to like low key torture this dude? With the idea that you might not shoot him. I know, I know, I know. And so she shoots him. Great. Mm. And then she falls back. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, is this our close-up on the eyeball? I thought it might be. Yeah. But then we hear the plane leaving. (gasps) Which is a very 28 Days Later touch. So director of this episode, Mike Barker. I don't know if you're a fan of the works of Danny Boyle or Killian Murphy, but I see you. Yeah. So it's really interesting. And I... Still was not relieved because I was for sure thinking like, all right, some shenanigans are going to happen. Yeah, with this I was plane. thinking that the plane would fly off and we would get somebody once told me the world is going to roll me. Oh, boy. <laughs> there uh, were so many points I in know, this episode where you totally could have just. I will say <laughs> this becomes marginally less stressful if you're always imagining a Smash Mouth music cue. So yeah. So if hat. you find that this show is hard to watch to like a friend of yours, it's like, I don't Oh, it's so stressful like tell them that trick it's just a life hack for the handmaid's tale well let's get back <laughs> to our discussion at this point it kind of fades out and i look we over thought it kelly. was over this was the one time in this episode i was incorrect i said watch kelly they're gonna leave it ambiguous if they got there or not wrong i was wrong we get into a big hangar mm-hmm. in canada mm-hmm. we see a bunch of like refuge like AIDS basically yeah. um, society. the first like we see them like I liked how this was sort of like a low-key reveal because like boom Moira boom oh, yeah. Luke boom oh, Emily so good. Shh, nowhere to be found <laughs> I hope you're okay Shh. yeah I hope so so you know they're all they're all there and they're all trying to be calm and they're just like we have stretchers like we don't know what to expect so and they didn't they don't talk about like what they know or what they've been told about what's on this plane yeah but they're there you know they have foil blankets they have food they have medical Mm -hmm. attention Mm -hmm. at the ready Mm -hmm. oh this 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 sequence was like the birds in that it was horrifying but also amazing so it wasn't lots of little kids well yeah i mean instead of the birds (laughs) oh like imagine the birds but it was about the kids okay so moira goes up they open the door and they roll the stairs up and moira goes up and looks in no i'm like oh my god are they all that's the show you're like okay things seem fine how are they about to not be fine Uh and she looks in and sees everybody and then little fucking kiki kiki what a trooper she goes is this the place where i can wear anything i want and we died and came back to life I think it conveys the same thing, but I think it's, she says, where I can be anything that I want. Oh, I thought she said the thing about clothes. Anyway, yeah. You're, either way. Yeah, either way. The same thing, yeah. and it gutted me. Yeah. Beware Hakuna Kiss. Matata. <laughs> Hakiki Matata. Hey. So all of these, so Mori's like, yeah, totally. Yeah. And then all of these little babies start flooding out of the plane. And now this is when I cried. I I mean, I just basically like didn't not cry for most of this. <laughs> so Moira is kind of kneeling in front of Kiki outside of the plane. She's like, hey, what's your name? And Kiki starts to talk. And from the background, somebody goes, Rebecca. And it's her dad. 
dad. It's I mean, dad. it's her dad or um, yeah. I have a couple of questions, like if she doesn't remember from before, and also, wow, well, he, he must have been like a composite drawer in his daily job <laughs> to see his Look, like one year old daughter in this ten yeah. year old baby after years. Listen, anyway, the important thing is that we cried. We cried, and a it lot. was very touching. And Luke and sees this. Oh. And I, you know, and they did such a great job because I'm sitting here like, let Hannah just, just know, randomly be on the plane. Just, she just sneaked in the back. She was the baby all along. <laughs> they pull off the baby blanket and it's like, aha. And we would have gotten away with it too if it wasn't for those meddling guardians and their attack dogs. Anyway, so Luke is just like, huh, huh, huh. And there's, you know, no Hannah everybody's oh, so out sad. but rita comes down and somebody takes the baby and emily spots her and i was so glad we saw emily because I, when i thought they were ending it with june having like shot that mm-hmm. guy i was like what? canadians where are they mm-hmm. but she sees rita and she's like hey rita and rita's like uh she's like you know i'm emily you know because rita would never have seen her in regular clothes, never right. seen her wearing glasses. glasses. And as somebody who wears glasses on the regs, if you don't wear your glasses, people cannot recognize you. Yeah. Or like, you know, whatever the thing is, you'd be like, oh, I didn't know it was you. I was like, all right, Clark Kent, fair play. <laughs> that actually, that scam worked. So oh, she says, I was off Glenn and they hug and it is so touching. And then Luke comes over and Emily's like, this is Luke and Rita Bruegel. Bruegel, baby, I'm so glad they didn't kill you. Me too, I'm Bruegel. I'm so glad. As much as I've been gunning for major character deaths, I, know. I was like, I don't want you to go. I also didn't want Bruegel to go. So she says, she does a Luke, great job. it's so nice to meet you. She hugs him and she says, she did this. June did this. She's saying, You're June. Mm-hmm. And Which is an important counterpoint to the commander saying she's not your junior yeah. anymore. It's this it's this beautiful but very wrenching thing because he's also just had his hope stashed mm-hmm. that his child is on this plane, mm-hmm. that he's gonna be reunited with his child. And then it is incredible that June did this, but you've gotta feel like Luke in this moment is like, why didn't she get our baby? Like yeah. and I mean he doesn't know the right. context he doesn't know that right. hannah was removed from the district and that june doesn't know where she is like right. but it's just got to be such a gut punch where it's like why would you save right. not our kid yeah you know i yeah, mean that's it, a good that's a thing i didn't think of before. yeah so it's just god it's just whew, luke's having a real roller coaster of a day i hope we get a lot more of what his deal is well i just four. i feel like there's so many people in canada at this point yeah like wow yes we know like we know <gasps> that we'll get to see Bruegel in plain clothes yeah and we know that the writer's room is like getting together possibly like right now and it's just like I really want to split the time more equally between Gilead and Canada like I don't know what they have planned I know it's it's a tall order right because we're like we want it short and tight enough to seem stressful but we also want to see you know Bruegel's backstory and we want to see uh what there's, Canadian there's people are doing. There's absolutely a way to integrate all of this while still sure. like I mean let's just look at the wire, okay? Like it's uh, possible. Okay, yeah. To like have this really sure. sprawling cast all of these different plot lines going on. You hear that, Handmaid's Tale? It's not that hard. Just do, you know, The Wire. Just, one of the best TV shows of all time. Uh, but, you know, call David Simon. The deuce just <laughs> wrapped. 
He's got nothing going on. Uh, oh, man. Remember the point in our time when people were like, you guys should cover the deuce. <laughs> Absolutely not. No. <laughs> we no, will thank never you. cover the deuce. Uh, but shout out to my college roommate, Alicia Rodas, who did all of their intimacy direction. So oh, proud of you, baby. Very cool. Yeah. So then the last shot of the, the last scene in the episode is sort of June in the woods and when she flashes back, it's like it could be interpreted as like, oh, baby, Ooh, are you, you going dying? to heaven? Yeah. <laughs> like- but it also, I loved this shot reminding me a lot of Titanic. Yeah. Um, when uh, Winslet is alone on that very large door. Yeah. Um, that door that absolutely <laughs> Leo could have gotten onto. He was such a little slip of a boy then. <laughs> anyway, but when she's like singing Josephine and her, uh, Fly her flying machine, machine it just, re- it, it has that kind of ethereal quality that is so funny because earlier when whitford was reading to the babies i had the flashback of that point in titanic when the lady is like reading to her kids yeah. in steerage yep. anyway um yes i do agree that that reminded me of that and so she has this flashback to playing in the playground um spinning on the spinning it's thing. so cute because she and hannah are laying with their heads at the middle is it a carousel a merry-go-round? I don't know. I don't know. That thing with the, the bars. S- the spinny thing. Uh, it's like a vroom vroom, but it's spinny. <laughs> but no motor. No motor. <laughs> and so then, it's more of a vroom question mark? Yeah. Uh, and Luke is working on his book, and they're all romping around. And, and he's got a dandelion. And yeah, it's just this beautiful scene of them as a normal family, which yeah. always just fucking guts me. I know. Even though those must have been the most fun days to shoot out of any of this harrowing ass job. (laughs) Oh, it's just like it's like that episode of Doctor Who where he's like, nobody has to die today. Uh, Um, (laughs) And they are doing all this set to a song, which is so this is Into Dust by Mazzy Star. Uh, (sighs) Mazzy Star also on my fuck playlist. (laughs) Hammy's Tale. Is it uh, Fade Into Me? No, it's a different one. Oh, okay. Some choice lyrics from Into Dust by Mazzy Star. Still falling, breathless and on again, inside today, beside me today, and broken in two. Just kind of interesting. It's beautiful, ethereal song. I hope it came from that cool playlist that they make in the writer's room. And as she's kind of zoning back in, she sees above her all of the handmaids who survived. I'm like fucking crying over here know, because you I see know. Brianna, you see Janine, then you see Alma. And they, you know, and Janine is again in this reversal. She's like, it's going to be okay. And so they put her, I think it's her handmade cape. Oh, it must be. And use it as a stretcher. Mm-hmm. Big little red riding hood energy. <laughs> um And they well, are. it's very like funereal. It too. is extremely funereal. It's got very like. Ophelia, Lady of Shalott, like there's all of these very feminine, like martyrs, yeah, and and just images of of Mm -hmm. these dead women. We've we've ended almost every episode this season on a close up of June's (laughs) eyes being wide open, and she closes them. Oh, Um, good eye, nice. So I don't think anybody for even. A fraction of a second thinks this is series wrap on Emos. No, and she does sort of uh, before we fade out. She quotes the part in the Bible that's talking about taking the people out of out Egypt. of bondage in Egypt. Uh, bondage in Egypt. Yeah. So more like E Moses. Uh, <laughs> um, They're parting the Red Sea. Uh, 
of handmaids of handmaids <laughs> and it is just it's a really beautiful way to end the season yeah. with these women who look up to june because yeah. they have as i have decided to just ignore like the middle three episodes <laughs> that i really hated i mean i think that's what we have to do no it's kind of like when they did season two of friday night lights and then the writer's strike happened and then oh. we all just agreed as a society to ignore season two <laughs> Yeah, we were um, like, no, Matt Saracen never did sleep with his grandmother's in-home health aid. Oh boy. Um, <laughs> yeah. So if I had to sum up my feelings about this, I think they really brought this season home in a satisfying mm-hmm. way, and I really appreciate the care and the artistry that went into those last couple episodes. I really, unpopular opinion, I really liked the DC episode. I thought that was really cool. I liked. Did other um, people not like it? Oh, I'm talking you and me. I know. Oh, yeah, you didn't I just like I it. was like, it's not unpopular if there's only two of us. Oh, okay, all right. Well, it's just like it's like the Supreme Court. Like we <laughs> dissent from each other. Okay. Anyway, I liked that episode. There were parts that lagged for me a lot in this season, and I think it was running on, albeit beautifully directed, gorgeously acted fumes but i have full confidence now that they can pull it out and like really make a dope fourth season i would love to see the fourth season as strong as a season one yes i me would too. really love to see that me too and i don't and, and to that end i don't mind waiting for it oh I yeah i have to have listen it next i need summer. a real solid break <laughs> from the handmaid's tale i yeah. mean this is how i feel at the end of every season yeah like i'm not sorry that i watch it but i'm also just like okay yeah we need to take a step back yeah because it's a lot it's a lot to deal with you know i would have honestly loved it if they had ended it here me too too. i really again you know i'm just i know that this is not the world we live in i'm like a one season show would have been fine (laughs) i know or you know two seasons of like eight episodes each but anyway that's all done i'm excited to see what they do in season four yep because you know, we talked to Bruce about it and he definitely confirmed like, oh, like casting is colorblind. Yeah. But it's like, you're the showrunner. I know. Like, you can go in there and say, hey, let's be really mindful yeah. of the stories that we're telling. And I also understand that to a degree, we didn't ask him this, but sometimes you cast somebody and you don't know what the ultimate fate of the character right. is because the writers which don't know. Which is totally fair. Which is totally fair and legit. Uh-huh. But it is possible then... Like, if you know who the actor is, you can write responsibly. Yeah. And and there's a tall order on top of everything else we're already asking. But, like, it is a, a nuance that deserves to be explored. Yeah. Not to be the podcast Grinch. <laughs> <laughs> My heart did grow three sizes during this yeah, finale. We liked it. And I will say, like, just as we're wrapping up, thank you so much for listening to us and for participating so actively in our community. Like, we this podcast started as a drunk text on the toilet three years ago and blossomed into this where we we freaking interviewed the showrunner it's insane we have billions of listeners and you all helped us do this no this show doesn't exist without you yeah without you it's just me and molly yelling into microphones in my living room and i love you as my co-host i love you become we have grown closer we didn't break up this season we didn't break up this season (laughs) (laughs) we still like each other uh and we've had a great time so thanks for this whole experience no i mean honestly i feel like our brains work the same now like we write the same jokes about yeah. the show. Yeah, yeah. I was so worried that you also had a lush joke. No, no, this no, episode because no, no. no. we both love lush. I mean, like one of us has like way better puns, but like it's not. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. Listen, I don't want your puns. 
<laughs> I don't want them. Uh, and this is all my puns are accidental, and that's how I like it. There you go. And uh, it is not a funeral. We're coming back for testaments. But yeah. uh, thank you so much for this season, everybody. Um, yeah, we gotta go. We gotta go carry each other out on a cloak real quick. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be hard. All right. Because how are we gonna do it? Yeah, I don't know. All right. So for the final time for Handmaid's Tale season three, take care of yourselves. Take care of your girlfriends and Nolite Tebas Dardes Carborundorum. Dum 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 dum